possible. The Bears season's going to end on a double doink. Doink. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I had an idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea, and then, uh... Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not fun. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I had an idea. That's the result you're going to get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. The doctor is now in. And a very good Wednesday to you, middle of the work week, hump day. How you doing? We're halfway home, right? Getting ready for another exciting weekend of football. Here in Vegas, Raiders and the Chiefs, Sunday Night Football, your marquee game. NBC on the coverage. We'll be there. And uh, which Raiders team will show up? The team that's played pretty darn good at home? Well, minus the Bears game, right? <laughs> or the team that showed up last week? In the Meadowlands. Played good for three quarters. Fourth quarter, not so much. Big game. Raiders-Chiefs. This is the game that's been circled on the calendar, really, for both sides. So, can't wait for that Sunday night. We've got plenty more stuff happening, of course, as you know. we got basketball tonight. UNLV, Kevin Kruger's debut. Looking forward to that. It is UNLV taking the hardwood tonight. Kevin Kruger's debut against Gardner-Webb, 7 o'clock at UNLV. And then Saturday, uh, they will face Cal, the Cal Golden Bears, who struggled yesterday in their opener. So, very good opportunity for UNLV and Kevin Kruger to start their basketball season off 2-0. and So, looking forward to that. We've got UNLV football coming off their win against New Mexico last week. They play Hawaii. So, uh, busy, busy time. And let's sprinkle in some Golden Knights. Golden Knights Back in action Thursday night as well. So something in every night. Because, like we say, this is the entertainment and sports capital of the world, right? All right. Speaking of Golden Knights, they win last night. But again, just like opening night when they faced the Seattle Kraken, Golden Knights jumped out to to a lead. And um, then they had to fight the Kraken back and, and get a victory in overtime. Well, last night, Kraken got out to a lead, right? Golden Knights came back and uh, got a 4-2 lead. So there you go. It's Golden Knights 2-0 in the home ice against the Seattle Kraken, the expansion team this year. But uh, the Golden Knights now have won three games in a row, and they're part uh, of this six-game homestand. It'll take place over the next week and a half. So, yes, a lot to do, a lot to cover here in Las Vegas. All right, uh, today, speaking of which, uh, looking ahead, we've got uh, probably fight of the year. I mean, you say what you want about Fury and Wilder, you know, we had that, you know, last month, uh, great fight. Uh, we get news today coming off of that, that, uh, yeah, Tyson Fury had surgery on both shoulders today. That's right. So he went into the fight injured, didn't say nothing to anybody. And his fight here in Vegas against Deontay Wilder, T-Mobile Arena, where Fury... It was a great fight. I don't want to say Fury dominated the fight. He ended up, you know, you know, winning the fight via KO, but he went down twice himself. Wilder three times he went down. It was a fantastic fight. Obviously, people are going to think, okay, fight of the year, and uh, that could be the case. But Tyson Fury had surgery on both shoulders. He's going to be out for quite some time, but did not say anything to anyone. Uh, took some cortisone shots leading up to that fight. And I'm just curious... How much the athletic commission was aware of Fury being injured prior to that fight against Wilder? So I have to ask our good friend Bob Bennett or or Brass Balls. I know. <laughs> Numbchuck loves having Brass Balls on. People go, wait a minute, who's Brass Balls? Well, brass Balls is is the the newest or the, the new president. Now, our good friend Bob Bennett is the executive director. But, yes, we only know him as Brass Balls because he said, he has a pair of brass balls, and when I when we had him on, if you remember months and months ago, he said you can refer me refer to me as brass balls. The mundo. <laughs> so there he is. You just want to have brass balls on just just to have them on because you want to hear me say brass balls. You want to hear him say brass balls. Unbelievable. All right, but anyway, where I was originally going with this, the fight of the year 
could be coming up here in two weeks, November 20th. So I had a press conference earlier today. It was a virtual Zoom press conference with Showtime Sean Porter, Terrence Crawford. Got a chance to partake in that. And typical Showtime Sean Porter, revved up, fired up, ready to go, articulate as he could be, uh, focused as he could possibly be. And we get ready here for less than two weeks for Showtime Sean Porter taking on Terrence Crawford. So the way the Zoom went today, so you had select uh, uh, members of the media involved, and then you had Bob Arum, and you had Sean Porter, and I'm going, okay, where's Terrence Crawford in this thing? So it's like, okay, well, Sean's here, just amongst all the other Zoomsters here, and so conducted the press conference with Sean Porter. So Sean left, went back to training, uh, spoke for about a good half hour, answered questions, great stuff as always, and then... We get word that, uh, you know, okay, now Terrence Bud Crawford will, will be joining us. Well, okay, good. So instead of having him at the same time, they had him at separate times, which is fine. So Sean got done around 11 o'clock. 11.05, no Bud Crawford. 11.10, no Bud. 11.15, no Bud. Where's Bud? Oh, he'll be with us shortly. 11.20, no Bud. <laughs> 11.25, oh, Bud will be joining us any minute now. Okay, good. I'll hang a little bit longer. 11.30, no Bud. Uh, Bud's up in Colorado training. Meanwhile, Bob Arum is on his cell phone. Like, you know, he's where are you at? Let's go. 11.35, uh, no Terrence Bud Crawford today. Cell phone problems, coverage with the Zoom, computer, land, who knows what, right? No Terrence Bud Crawford today. We'll have to reschedule his portion for another time. Now, I laugh at this because... You have people, that, as you all know, how the affection that I have for Sean Porter. Okay. And, and Terrence Crawford, I like Crawford as a fighter. I really do. But this is not the first time that he's done stuff like this. He doesn't like doing media. And I'll share a funny story with you. I don't think I shared this with you before, Numchuck. So I'm at the MGM Grand. This was going back to, I think, when he fought Victor Postal, going back about two years ago or so, two-plus years, maybe three years ago. And uh, so I wanted to have Crawford on, and uh, I said, no problem. So we had it all set in stone. I think the time was like 1230, and it was going to be me and, and, and Bud Crawford on the show. Uh, we're going to – I think we're, we're recording it for the show live. What is this music you're playing and why? It's not bad. It's Go. story time with TC. Oh, uh, story time. Okay, very good. So I'm at the MGM Grand, and at this point, it, it's kind of empty. You know, kind of empty. We're going to record – and uh, so got them all lined up at 1 o'clock. So it's like 12.30. Okay, lunchtime for me. I'm going to go get something to eat. So I go around the corner there, uh, right there, and, you know, where the food court is. You know, literally 50 yards away from the media room, media center. So I go ahead and order some food, and I bring it back. And my good friend Lee Samuels from Top Rank Boxing, who was running the PR at the time, uh, I bring back the burger. He goes, hey. He goes, where'd you go? I said, well, I told you I was going to get something. He goes, oh. He goes, well, Terrence showed up. I go, yeah. He goes, he's pissed. <laughs> I, go, I go, for what? I go, he's supposed to be here at 1 o'clock. He goes, well, he decided to come early. I go, Lee, it's 12.38. I got my burger. I'm going to down the burger. I'm ready for Crawford at 1 o'clock. Get him back here. He goes, he says he's mad at you. He's not coming back. <laughs> what? One o'clock means one o'clock. All right? We just set this thing up with the guy. You said, you said one o'clock. It's 1230. I'm going to go get a burger. I'm going to get fueled. I'm going to be ready to go. And you know where I went, by the way? Johnny Rockets. Johnny Rockets pretty good. Pretty strong, right? Yeah, remember? You got Johnny Rockets there. I think, I think it's still there. Is it still there in the MGM? Part of the food court? Not sure. So I said, well, I'm going to be here. I'll be here done with my burger and my fries and my drink at one o'clock. Make sure you have them back here. He never showed back up. <laughs> Haven't talked to him since. What do you think of that? So, should I reach out to Bud and try to have him on? <laughs> so, you know, now you thought I would bring that up to him today on the Zoom, right? If I, But no, no, I wouldn't have done that. But one-on-one, I might have done that. So, yeah. So, we're supposed to have Terrence Crawford on. But, again, he doesn't like the media. But so be it. Anyway, all right, on the show today, 
We've got Tim Brando. He's going to join us. We've got college football galore to talk to Tim Brando about. Because, of course, as we know, the college football rankings came out last night. More controversy. Get ready. There's always controversy with the college football rankings. This is the what, second unveiling, second week now. First one, okay, ho-hum. We understand that. Georgia, Alabama. You know, we get that. Okay. Still, we got Georgia, Alabama. But we do have a couple changes. Of course, they had Michigan State up there. Had Sparty up at number three last week. They go bye-bye. Oregon, which was four, slides in to the three spot. And now you got Ohio State moves up. Remember, Oregon played Ohio State earlier this year, so Oregon above Ohio State, right? Okay, sure. Okay. So, uh, college football rankings last night. We got Georgia. We got Alabama. We got Oregon. We got Ohio State. No argument there. And then here come the Cincinnati Criers again. Who are, how come Cincinnati's not in there? They were six last week. They move up to five. They're still on the outside looking in. Don't worry, people. If you like Cincinnati, and you know they're going to have some time to work their way back in there. But if they keep barely beating teams like Navy, Tulane, and Tulsa, going to have some problem. But we get Michigan ahead of Michigan State. Right? Or wrong? They both have one loss, and Michigan State beat Michigan, correct? Michigan is ahead of Michigan State. So here we go. They got half of it right with Oregon over Ohio State, but they got it backwards with having Michigan, who lost to Michigan State, ahead of Sparty. Then, by the way, we've still got Oklahoma hanging out at number eight, Notre Dame hanging out at number nine. So we're going to talk to Tim Brando about all of that. But it just gets me going when we're talking about the subjectivity here of these rankings. It's really not that hard. Shouldn't head-to-head mean something? Or how about this? How about head-to-head meaning everything? When you have a small body of work, and this is a small body of work when you're talking about college football season, a maximum of 13 games. And here we're eight, nine games into it for most teams. It's a very small body of work. So when you only have a couple of head-to-heads of these teams, it's a no-brainer. Head-to-head means something. Head-to-head means everything, as it should. But it only means like 50% of the time to the committee here. So maybe Timmy B., who's been a longtime voter on the college side, both football and basketball, will get his take on this. So we'll dive into the college football rankings and take a look ahead at this weekend's college football. Tim Brando with Fox Sports. He'll be on the call this week of Oklahoma State and TCU, my namesake. There you go. And by the way, did you happen to see part of a terrible Tuesday? Should have been. I meant to add this in. Did you see TCU's uniforms last weekend, last Saturday? Unbelievable. They're wearing, we all know what TCU's colors are, right? Right. They're purple and they're white. You want to throw a little gray in there? That's fine. Uh, they had all black on. They had some gray in there. Really didn't see any purple at all. But what color numbers do you think they were wearing? Red. Yes, right, my friend. Red, Numchuck says. Correct, Mundo. They're wearing red. So... Why red numbers? I have the answer to this, my friend. Breaking news, I have the answer. Do you want to take a guess on why do you think red numbers? Okay? (laughs) You ready for this? The horned frog. Maybe we need story time music behind this. The horned frog. When the horned frog, an actual horned frog we're talking about, not a football player. All right? Not Gary Patterson, 21 years. Oh! His head coach. No. When the horned frog feels that he is being scoped or crept up on or about ready to get engaged in an altercation, the horned frog spews out red blood. That's what he does. So I guess they knew they were going to be in a fight and they're going to probably be ready for Baylor. So let's bust out the red numbers because that's what the horned frog spews out when he feels that he's going to be cornered in or corralled. That's your that's your definition. Courtesy of the good people at TCU. You like that? What we got Eric Clapton here? What are you, what are you going with? Yeah, huh? That's Hendrix. Jimmy, can you see Jimmy? White man can't jump. Can you feel Jimmy? You don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? Yeah, Wesley Snipes. Woody Harrelson. 
Woody Harrelson loved Jimi Hendrix. Played in that ratty old convertible he was driving around. Anyway. All right. Tim Brando joins us. Bill Cartwright will join us. The big seven-footer. Yep, it's basketball season. We give Cartwright some time off, so we bring him back. USF in action last night. The one by 22 against Long Island University. Long Island University comes all the way to San Francisco to play, to get beat down. Okay, there you go. But according to the seven-footer, uh, he says, well, yeah, that's what, that's what you know, teams do to build their program. They travel cross-country to get beat down by good teams. I go, wait a minute, they weren't playing UCLA. <laughs> he goes, no, he goes, we're playing USF. UCLA, come on, who are you kidding? And I had to remind him in a call earlier today. Uh, UCLA was in the championship game last year. Uh, UCLA has everybody coming back, basically all five starters. Yeah. But according to Cartwright, well, USF. UCLA is no USF. So there you go. See, got you know that that old rivalry back in the day. They still, you know, holds animosity towards towards UCLA. All right. So yeah. So we got the seven footer. We got Tim Brown. We got all kinds of stuff. All right. So let's get you caught up on the update with Henry Ruggs. He did not appear in court today, and today was his court day. To, uh, you know, to, you know, do his plea deal and all this sort of thing. So, no, attorney wants uh, his to keep his medical records out of this court case. So, Ruggs did not show up. Um, his attorney did show up. And, boy, did he have something to say as well, too. So, you got to remember, uh, Ruggs now also being hit with additional felony counts here with DUI and reckless driving charges, and a misdemeanor charge for possession of a firearm while intoxicated. All of this were going to be added on to what was originally uh, talked about last week when he was uh, booked into the Clark County Detention Center. The additional charges would mean additional prison time if Ruggs is convicted. So the evidence, uh, here's a quote from... The Clark County District Attorney, Steve Wolfson, he said the evidence supports a second felony DUI charge. We believe that Mr. Rugg's girlfriend uh, was substantially injured. And under Nevada law, if one is substantially injured in a DUI collision as a result of the defendant's actions, we can file a second charge. So that they did today. Prison time now uh, is bare bones minimum. The bare minimum that Henry Ruggs would serve would be two years. And now with these additional charges, the maximum is 53 years. So two years to 53. So this thing definitely is going to get played out in court. All right. So Henry Ruggs' attorney, David Chesnoff, was there at the courthouse today. And he had this to say. Lawyers are constrained by what they can say about the facts of a case by court rule and state bar rules. The police aren't. The police, an arm of the district attorney, has released what they say are facts. I have been doing this for 40 years, and I can tell each and every one of you that I have had multiple experiences where the facts that were presented at the outset of the case turned out not to be the facts. So that's why I keep saying, please don't prejudge. Let us do our work in the courtroom. The the state, the prosecutor will do theirs, and that's when the facts will be determined. And I really appreciate everybody understanding that and not prejudging this. I appreciate it. I'm not going to answer any questions because, as I say, I'm not allowed to discuss the facts. I hope everybody has a good day. David Chesnoff, Henry Ruggs' attorney, and Chesnoff and his partner, they have several clients that are athletes, artists, famous people, all right? Well, in this situation, for him to say that the facts that we have are not the facts or that we're hearing about is a little bit ludicrous. And I understand you're trying to protect your client. You do not want this case tried out in the public and public opinion here, okay? But the bottom line is, when you have a client like Henry Ruggs and the charges against him are what they are, everyone is going to have an opinion. And especially here, if you're a local Las Vegan as well, too. And you want to protect your client, you're representing your client, I get that. But you've got to turn off this type of rhetoric. Are you kidding me? 
The facts, again, he says, please don't prejudge. Let us do the work in the courtroom. You got a lot of work cut out for you to do in the courtroom. But when you say that you've been doing this for 40 years, and he says the quote, I can tell each and every one of you that I've had multiple experiences where the facts that were presented at the outset of the case turned out not to be the facts. That's what I keep saying. That's what David Chesnoff says. Well, let me say this. Let's look at this. Let's look at the facts. Speeding at 156 miles per hour. Fact. We have video proof of that. Have we seen the video? Has Chesnoff seen the video? We've seen it repeatedly. At 3.40 in the morning, we see a car going down Rainbow Boulevard. And then we see Henry Ruggs. Zoom. I mean, worse than a cartoonist speed racer, not to make jokes of this, but ridiculous how fast he's going. There is video. He's been clocked. They go back to tire marks. Yes, that's a fact. 156 miles per hour. Blood alcohol level, 0.161. Is that a fact? It's in the report. He took the breathalyzer two hours later, which injection, right? Okay? Just think if they would have taken that immediately. It was probably higher than that. Can make the case that it was even higher. 0.161. Fact. Therefore, correlated here, multiple drinks were consumed. How else do you get the blood alcohol level at double? Double the legal limit. Multiple drinks. There's a report out there that he had 18 cocktails. 18 drinks at Top Golf. There's surveillance cameras there, right? All right? No one's it has admitted that into evidence as of yet. But the bottom line is there is correlation between the blood alcohol level and that he was consuming alcohol. No question about it. All right? How about the damage to both vehicles here? We have proof of that. We've seen him. We've seen his Corvette mangled up. We saw poor uh, the, the victim, the victim's car decimated. All right? Tina Tintor, we saw her vehicle, the RAV4, decimated. All right? So proof of that, yeah, we've seen the cars, of course. These facts are indisputable. And how about this fact? How about death? How about that fact? There's no, there's no hiding that. Tina Tintor is dead. And her dog is dead because of this collision. Death? Not disputable. Non-disputable. None of this. Speeding at 156 miles per hour. You have video of that. You got the blood alcohol level. You got the report there. You got the multiple drinks were consumed. And you have a dead victim and a dog. These are not disputable at all. So what is this goofball talking about? Seriously. These are the facts of the case. These are the main facts. Is he going to try to go subsidiary facts, saying something that, well, he didn't have 18 drinks? It doesn't matter if it was 9, if it was 6, it was 3, or if it was 23. It doesn't matter. The blood alcohol level, I don't think that was, that was tainted. It wasn't messed with here. Is that what he's trying to say? How are these not the facts? Are you going to say he didn't cause the accident? Is that what he's going to say? Is he going to try to say that that the victim caused it? Are you kidding me? They shut down this crime scene for what was it? 10, 11 hours? It might even be longer than that. We've seen video. Those of us drove by there. You saw the markings. You saw the cones. You saw just so many different professionals, forensic scientists, professionals, Medical examiner, everybody, police doing their work, doing their due diligence to make sure that they got this right because there was an innocent person killed, an innocent animal being killed as well, too. So is that the direction that he's going, that it wasn't his fault? It's just the only question here in this case should be how much time is Henry Ruggs going to serve? Plain and simple. But the facts that are presented here in front of everyone pretty much says the guy's guilty. He did it. This is what kills me about attorneys. Again, I understand that innocent until proven guilty, 
But when you have facts like this, plain, simple, it's right in front of you. This isn't a, a hearsay case. This isn't he said, she said. You have a dead victim, and you've got a guy in jail. You have his vehicle. You have video to supporting 156 miles per hour, and then you've got the blood alcohol level at point one six one. I don't get it. Meanwhile, you got Damon Arnett, who is still in the news, wielding a gun on video, threatening to kill someone, caused a crash by himself last year in front of the Raiders facility, threatened workers at a hotel, valet attendant, and several others. You got that to deal with, and him saying, eh, no big deal. Five minutes away. Pull up, Lane. I swear to God, I will kill you. <laughs> On everything I love, I will kill you. You talking crazy. <laughs> talking about that shit five minutes away. <laughs> like, I really deal kill you. I real deal kill you. I will real deal kill you. And I ain't the only one here, too. We got a whole army in this hole. <laughs> pull up right now. It's five minutes away. All right, pull up right now. I ain't mad. And for that, that got him expunged by the Raiders. Plain and simple. Raiders released him. We talked about it yesterday. You heard the, the audio from Mike Mayock uh, on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, but, yeah, just a tragic, horrific week when it comes to Henry Ruggs, uh, and, and, and Damon Arnett, even though uh, Damon Arnett obviously is not at the same seriousness, but just goes to show you that athletes and people in general just make the stupidest decisions, and you're going to have to pay for that. Henry Ruggs is going to have to pay basically for the majority of the rest of his life, and he's got to live with that. Damon Arnett just self-inflicted his career. Plain and simple. Will another NFL team try to sign him? Not this year. But, again, there are red flags coming out of Ohio State with him. The guy never lived up to his contract. Did not play well at all at any point in time for the Raiders. So, good riddance to Damon Arnett. All right. Dalvin Cook is in the news as well, too. We'll get to him a little bit later today. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Alan Lazar, fined today by the National Football League for uh, not masking up and going to a Halloween party. The Green Bay Packers also fined uh, under COVID protocols because the Packers basically did not um, you know, do anything about this. They knew about Lazar and Rodgers going to the party, didn't say anything about it, didn't report it. They got a hefty fine, so we'll dive into that today. And Odell Beckham Jr. cleared waivers, now free agent. He can sign with any team. And there are three teams at the forefront that he would like to sign with. And apparently there are three teams that would like to sign him. And that are the Green Bay Packers, Kansas City Chiefs, and the New Orleans Saints. Head coach Bruce Arians of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was asked today if he wanted to pursue Odell Beckham Jr. And he goes, here's the quote, no, too many letters. I already got an AB. I don't need an OBJ. Nicely played. By Bruce Arians. All right. When we come back, Timmy B is going to join us. We talked to one of the best broadcasters in the business. Uh, does a fantastic job. And he's one of the most passionate guys as well, too, when it comes to sports. Tim Brando next. Get wrecked with the Dr. T.C. Martin. All right, get ready for another big college football weekend. College football rankings come out last night. We dive all into that, trying to get a little satisfaction. Look at this. We're playing the hits, just like Timmy B used to do back in the day. I think I need you to introduce this song. That's what we need you, you to do. Nutchuck, can you, can you restart this? And let's go back. And let's go to Timmy B on whatever that Louisiana station was back in the day. Shreveport. Timmy B. K-Rock. Here's Timmy B, ladies and gentlemen. Hit it. FM Rock 94 and a half. It's a sunny day. Up to Celsius, we'll get to 72. Remember, there's a national TV hotline out there. If you feel like you've got it, then uh, call it. Uh, oh, by the way, get some. <laughs> some some satisfaction. That is Tim Brando. There it is. You got to love it. Who else asked you to do that, huh? Come on now. 
<laughs> That's how you take care of PSAs in the 70s. That's right. You make fun of them. Exactly yeah. right, right. Oh, we got to do another <laughs> PSA? Are you kidding me? All right, let's oh have some. Oh, my God. Can you get me some sponsors here? I'm sick of these public service announcements, for Christ's sake. Exactly. Especially after midnight, yeah, right? Yeah. What if you're doing the overnight <laughs> shift there, right? Then you could you could say yeah, what it really doing, I think in the beginning, it was, I think it was the, uh, well, in, in, in the first year of college, it was 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., <laughs> Uh, which meant you could party all night and then bring your date up to the, you know, the, do, do the whole Martin Mall thing right? uh, from the movie FM. And then then 10 to 2 uh, was the first big, you know, big shift when I became a full-timer. Yeah. And then I moved into the, the, the mid-morning slot after that as I was uh, about to get married. And at that point, it was it was then it, 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 it hit me in the head, hey, Tim, you the, the the sports casting thing you're doing on the AM side, that's where your future is. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim That's how we rolled back in the day. You know, that's how we rolled back then. There you go, man. Let it roll, baby. A little BTO yeah. with Timmy B. Yeah, you gotta love that. And you gotta remember the good part about working that, that overnight shift, whether it's two to six, maybe even ten to two, Tim, you could probably get away with playing, you know, those long versions of Stairway to Heaven or Freebird, and you could bring the baby in the studio and you could take care of a little business too if you want you know well, what I'm saying? that's exactly yeah right or or if you uh maybe got the wrong food uh yes. between uh, six and ten yeah and, you know you could take care of that during um <laughs> you know maybe a, a moody blues song right a, right a little led zeppelin yeah. uh and and, and <laughs> yeah and that one too free bird <laughs> no question very underrated when you uh, had an upset stomach, free bird. Listen, I'm, I'm you going. You were freeing your bowels, but we're freeing the bird as well. Yeah. I'm going to make out sessions, and he wants to spin it going to the toilet. I just, I can't. Well, I, can't, yeah, I mean, look, at a, at a certain point, I remember the good, the bad, and the ugly of those days, DC. Okay, Clint Eastwood. Thank you very much. There it is. <laughs> oh, by the way, we are going to talk some sports today as we transition with Timmy yeah. B. I love it. Great stuff, man. Always always love talking a little rock and roll with my man from Shreveport, Louisiana. All right. Timmy B on the call this week, Oklahoma State TCU. Now, I, I know you were doing another Big 12 game last week, which I watched, by the way. Uh, fantastic. It was a great game. TCU upset Baylor. Yes, yes. It was a great game. Yeah, you're doing that. Now, uh, I just gave out the information, and I want to see if you – I'm sure you, you probably know this, because when I was flipping the channel – and I was watching this game, of course, Tim, like I have to do, thanks to you know the University of Oregon that started this nonsense years ago, I didn't recognize TCU right. because of the uniforms. And I'm going, right. what the hell are they wearing today? So yeah. I had to find right. out, you know, okay, there is no red, any part in TCU's uniform. Did you know why they were wearing the red numbers? Did it get explained yeah. to you? Okay, go ahead. I actually, I actually, I actually mentioned it on the air. You, you didn't catch that, I gather. Uh, but that's okay. Yeah, I think they I had to Google. Are, yeah. uh, they, they generally are purple uh, right. and and silver. That's that's the horned frog. Right. But did you know that a horned frog, when under attack, <laughs> under attack, will spew blood from its eyes? Did you know that? From the eyes. See, I got that part wrong. From the, the eyes. From the eyes. That's where they spew it. Yes. From the eyes. Yes. 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 Yeah. So that's where the red comes from. Now, they may be, as I said, and I said this on the air during the game, I said that may be more information than you really like. Right. That could be PMI, right. but it's also factual. Okay. That's <laughs> true. There that's is. where the red comes from. And uh, I got a feeling because of the victory last week, we're going to see more of these, uh, you know, ridiculous-looking uniforms from the Horn Frogs. Yeah, you know, it, it is, uh, and, and they're hard. I think they actually show up better on television. I was looking at the video when I got home. And I'm like, yeah, I can actually read the numbers when I'm watching it on my, you know, <laughs> my big screen HD TV. But when you're calling the game, my, my spotter, who's Gary Bender, the legendary broadcaster's son, yeah. Brett. I mean, he, it's like, with, with, they didn't have numbers on the sides of their shoulder pads. And with the sun reflection and no outline on the number, on the numerals on their jerseys, it all blended in. I mean, you couldn't. You know, you just really had to trust your spotter to be on target, and it's a nightmare sometimes yes. when these guys are wearing uniforms where not only do you not know who's playing, but you you really can't distinguish the number, the numerals, off of those those 
jerseys that they're wearing. No, it's hard. You're right. Very, very no, hard. you're right. You're right. And I, uh, I, I live, I live that firsthand myself on a lot of occasions because you know I do the WNBA. I do the Las Vegas right. uh, Aces, and they only have numbers on the back of the jersey. They don't have them on the front. And because a lot of the ladies like to wear the long hair and the braids, I am yeah. mystified sometimes, and I, I can't tell who has the ball and try. And you know better than anybody. You know you can relate because you do so much college basketball. You've done basketball when you're trying to. Right. to do to do that at that pace you need to know who has the basketball no yeah they they when they're when they're going over their uh uniform standards and there's so many things that they do not think of television their partnerships at all when they do these things i mean they really don't and and we have to work around it a lot the other thing that's really absurd about college football by comparison to the nfl is we have you know uh dueling numbers yeah we have double numbers, multiple yep. numerals. They allow there can be a twenty-seven that's a defensive back and a twenty-seven that's a running back, and you know one of them's on special teams and the other one isn't. So, you know, you, you have to wait and and then try to decipher if there's a name on the back of the jersey to know which one of them made the tackle. You know what I mean? Or blocked the punt or blocked the field goal. So they don't make it easy on us. I, I know fans don't ever like hearing broadcasters complain because right. they think our jobs are so right. are so cushy and so wonderful, and they are. They are. I mean, full disclosure, a lot of people would love to do what we do. But, uh, you know, in the NFL, they have standards. You're not going to wear the same number as anybody else on your team. I don't know why we don't do that in college, but... That's just the way it is. Well, because I guess they suit up eighty to ninety kids. That's why. And yeah, there, and about so yeah, many numbers going on. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Crazy stuff. All right. He is uh, Tim Brando. All right, Tim. Let's talk about the college playoff rankings. They were announced uh, the second rendition last night. Uh, Georgia, Alabama. We then go to Oregon and Ohio State. Okay, that's that. That's fine. So. Head to head meant something there, right, Tim? With Oregon over Ohio State, <laughs> but then when when we skew down a little bit, Cincinnati on the outside yeah. still looking in at number five. But then we got we got oh, yeah, Wolverine. No, no, let's, 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 yeah, Maybe. let's not forget the glass ceiling on Cincinnati. Right, okay? right. And, uh, you know, glass ceiling means is code for no way in hell do we really let you in. We're just Thank we're just throwing you a bone. Yeah, stay okay, outside. That's what that is. Stay outside there. Okay, yeah. we'll call you when yeah. we're ready. Okay, all else right. fails, we may call you in. It's like it's like the you know the 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 the, the prime time the afternoon drive DJ. It's like we're gonna wait till uh, two fifty nine before he shows up. If not, we're calling in Timmy <laughs> B. Come on in, fill in. Yeah, exactly. So there it is. So we got Michigan ahead of Michigan State. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I did see Michigan State put a beat down on uh, on, on on Mr. Wolverine a couple of weeks ago. So it applies uh, with Oregon and Ohio State, but doesn't apply with Sparty and Michigan. Help me out, Tim, please. I have the, the, again. Don't believe your lying eyes. <laughs> I mean, I, the, the, it's like these guys. I mean, Michigan is a bigger brand. I mean, that's the bottom line. They want Michigan to be better than Michigan State because Michigan is a brand. This is all about brands. It's not about anything else. It's an invitational. It's not a playoff. If it were really a playoff, they would allow teams like Cincinnati to be a part of it as opposed to just teasing them the way they do. Mm -hmm. Um, What I really hope happens here, TC, is that all these damn teams lose multiple times, which I think (laughs) they, they, they can. Yeah, I think there could be mass carnage in the next three weeks. Uh, Oklahoma State is going to play Oklahoma and Bedlam. I think they're better than Oklahoma right now. Hell, I think Baylor, who's playing Oklahoma this week, will beat will beat Oklahoma. Okay, Oklahoma State is a team, in my opinion, that while they want Oklahoma to be undefeated when they beat them, so they can vault up. There's no way Oklahoma State vaults up the way Oklahoma does. Okay, Oklahoma's a brand, so they will jump everybody if they keep winning. But I don't think they can beat Oklahoma State any more than I think they may beat Baylor this week. I think they're going to lose. Yeah, I really do. You know, and uh, uh, but I mean, there's a path there for them, despite where they are. If they win all those games, they're going to be in the top four. I mean, if they happen to win all those games, Oklahoma will get there. There's there's no question about that. But Michigan State is little brother to Michigan, and and that's the way the committee is voting. 
Big Brother gets in over Little Brother. I mean, that, because they're the brand name. Right. Uh, it's just it's just such a it's such a corrupt system, uh, and 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 so unfair, uh, and so closed off and exclusionary. It makes me sick. I mean, it really does. Uh, a team like uh, UTSA gets, you know, is nine and zero, and they finally get put in the top twenty five, but Houston doesn't. Right. Okay. Why? Why is Houston not in? Well, I'll tell you why they're not in. They don't want Cincinnati to get a win over a ranked team. If Cincinnati gets a win over a ranked team, if SMU or Houston were ranked, then Cincinnati would be able to say, hey, we beat a ranked team. And they're going, no, your schedule. You know, they want to keep their schedule strength low. So they're going to put Wisconsin in there with three losses, Purdue in there with three losses, whoever else they could put in there to keep Houston and SMU out. I'm not saying UTSA doesn't deserve to be ranked. Don't get me wrong. They, they've had a hell of a year. They're undefeated. But do they have a road win at Notre Dame? No. The, I mean, who has a better win in college football on the road this year than Cincinnati? Answer, no one. Yeah, you're right. No one. <laughs> I can't stand conspiracy theories, Tim. But in this situation, conspiracy theory validation. Seriously, oh, it, yes. it, it, it's total yeah. validation, and you're right. It makes me sick, too, but here's the sickening part is that we've been going through this year after year after year yeah. and decade yeah. after decade after decade right. when we right. could not even have a playoff going 20, 30 years ago. We would have the Nebraska-Miami right. arguments, and you know, you want to go back yeah. further. I mean, what, you know, Texas, Arcansas, but, and, but you know, and all those. It's ridiculous. You know something, T.C., that's true. But I lived through that, and I complained and stomped my feet as much as anybody 35 years ago with Beano Cook on the original game day. Right, right, right. Screaming bloody murder about having a player. He's like, Brando, if they ever do it, they'll blank it up. They'll blank it up. It'll be all about the money, the brand names. It'll be, at least with the system we have, they have two champions. We have split titles. It's the UPI. Yep. It's the AP. If we have two titles, what's wrong with that? It's college football. In other words, it was more fun. And you know what? It kind of was more fun. If you were alive in 1984, okay, if you happen to be alive in 1984, you remember that Miami was number four in the country. They were playing number one, Nebraska. And Texas was number two. And they were playing a Georgia team out of the SEC that, was seven and three had a nondescript year, but Texas was undefeated. If Texas had won that game in the Cotton Bowl, but they lost to Georgia, Texas would have been number one in the country. Correct. But they lost that day. Right. Okay. Uh, Miami, uh, by virtue of Tom Osborne deciding to go for two, as opposed to kicking a field goal, which if he, I mean, an extra point. If he had kicked an extra point, and the game had been tied. Then Nebraska would have won the national title at least in one poll. Texas may have, uh, you know, would have in a position to split it had they beaten Georgia, but they didn't. So Miami wins because they stop a two-point conversion, and they jump from number four to number one. Now, you know, I'm just going to tell you, that day, uh, if you were alive, you didn't miss any of those games. No, you're right. I mean, you didn't miss you're right. Because you didn't know if a team could jump from five to one, drop from one to four, I mean, and, and it, yeah, we it wasn't we didn't get the right teams playing the right teams, and I, I would suggest it is a little bit better now, but not much. What's wrong about it is that they're telling us it's a college football playoff. The title is a joke; it's a fraud. It's not a college football playoff. Teams playing in the Mountain West, MAC, Sun Belt, Conference USA, and the American have no chance. That's 40% of college football. I mean, in any other sport, would you tell 40% you got no chance? No. And the thing, no. And the thing about it is, it's that way which you just described, Tim, in, in basketball and every other collegiate sport. Pretty much every right. other collegiate sport, there, there is football. that. Yes. Even football at the Division two, three, and 
FCS level. Correct. That's right. Correct. Yep. And, and and I'm not one to say. Well, obviously, you, you can't in, involve. You know, invite everybody. You can't really even invite. You know, 16 teams. That's a little bit ludicrous. But we could do eight, and we could have done eight. And I think that eight is the perfect number. And I've been saying it for 15 years, 20 years, or whatever well, it is. Right? I mean, I I'm, think uh, eight, eight, eight would have been the perfect number. But here's the deal, DC. They've lost so much money from COVID, and the and the. Uh, uh, the pompous, the, the pompous, exclusionary crew of college football's Neanderthal leadership, okay, will not open it up to just eight, because if they do that, then they know they're going to be taking care of the underlings, right? The ones they look down their noses at. <laughs> True, but but they won't be able to get extra money for their 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 additional membership that they know could get in, okay. All right, the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, is not going to approve going to eight. It's going to have to be 12, because if you want one of Cincinnati in, he wants two more of his SEC teams in. Okay, (laughs) that's just the way it works. So we're going to go to 12 because of that reason. I frankly think 12 uh, is going to be great because it'll open up uh, more volume for television, uh, I think you'll see two networks, not just one, involved in the next TV contract. And I think that's one of the reasons why we may wait another couple of more years before we go to 12, because no one network will be able to pay the rights by themselves for what college football is going to want. And so I, I think it'll be a combination of two different networks. Now, I'll let you determine uh, which network I'd like to see get in <laughs> and be a part of it. I'll, let, I'll leave that up to you. I'm with you. But but what I'm saying to you is uh, I, I think that uh, three three weekends of playoff football, and think about what it would do to the end of the regular season. In the month of November, if you're ranked between, say, number eight or nine uh, to number 16 or 17, every game is like a Super Bowl. You're trying to get in the top 12. You know what I mean? And the conference championship games, even the Pac-12, which has been just a forgotten game for you know since 2014 when Mariota was uh, playing in Oregon, it's been a forgotten game. That, that, that those games would matter, all of them, uh, to see if that extra data point could get them in the top 12. I, I think that'll happen. But uh, as long as we're at four, you can just see the corruption for what it is. No, and you're absolutely right. And you, once you get to 12, then you do get a chance to in, invite the Mount West you know, Conference champion and right. some of these other ones, right. which, again, it makes it, you know, whether they have a shot or not, it, it legitimizes it. But, I mean, going right. back to what you said, you know, you know Tim, about with, uh, you know, it, uh, you know, with uh, expanding networks, have two different networks. You're telling me that I could have in one semifinal, I could have Timmy B, and the other semifinal, I could have Gus Johnson. <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Bring it on! <laughs> there you go. You wouldn't mind that, would you? I wouldn't, you mind, wouldn't that. mind that. Would you? Give me my yeah, Fox coverage. I'm all, I'm all good Neither with that. Would I. But let me say Neither this: one more thing on this. How hypocritical! If they do go to 12, which I would love, and every college football fan would love to see it, but how hypocritical is it from this so-called committee or whatever? Because the whole big deal, Tim, where we, we can never go beyond two was because we can't extend the season. We can't have more games and subject those yeah, athletes yeah. to to you know, getting hurt and then going right. into more of the academic year. I mean, you're just throwing that out the window now, right? Well... What this tells you is, after the COVID season and everybody hemorrhage money, they need the money. Right. In in the end, it's all always about the dollar. I mean, it is, and they do need it. I mean, they do need all everybody hemorrhage money. You know, television hemorrhage money. Everybody's had cutbacks. You know, it, and and uh, so more inventory means, you know, more things to sell and more opportunities to make money. Mm-hmm. And and I do think twelve would help. But this notion from the presidents through the years about, you know, we got to be careful with our. And by, and by the way, um, you know, if we're talking about twelve, remember the top four teams would get a buy, a buy in that scenario, right. and uh, teams that were playing first first round games, if they happen to continue to win, they would have to play an additional game, one more game than we currently play. But that's all. I mean, that's all it is. These people are saying, oh, my God, these kids having to play 17. No. 
two teams might have to play that if they went from uh, being ranked ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th, and they ran the table and got all the way to the championship. I mean, the odds of that are not particularly great. Okay, so, you know, stop with your self-righteous crap and just sit down, shut up, and wait for the money to come in. There it is. The college football landscape, according to Timmy B, is fantastic. I mean, it's 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 you, you it's the way it should be, man. Craziness, and I pre- and I appreciate you, you know, speaking out. And you've always done this. I mean, you've always just. I have. You, I was the you know I hated the BCS. I had the BCS World in Crisis countdown. I, I hated it all. I, I've been I've been preaching this crap for twenty five years, and uh, I, I would love to be at the end of a season saying, "Man, wasn't this great?" Because I love college football, but I also will tell you. Because I love it, I believe that I have the right to tell you what's wrong with it and how we need to fix it. Absolutely. And uh, a lot of fans will say, you know, Brando, if you hate it this much, why do you do it? Well, no, I don't hate it this much. I'm just telling you what's going on here is wrong. But that's how much you love it. Yes, yeah, your passion that and, is coming uh, through and your experience coming through as well, too. Yeah, yeah, Plain and simple. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of fans, especially the young ones out there, don't understand the history of why we got to the point where we are. And um, I think anytime you see something that's blanked up, mm-hmm. anything that's blanked up in life is been, has been that way because of the history. And you just have to go back and chart it and see, you know, how we got to this point. And it all started when the NCAA, which is now telling everyone, hey, we don't even want to legislate anymore, you know. Why are we paying that guy? Why is Mark Emmert getting a check? <laughs> They don't even want to do anything now. They don't want. They don't want to have, handle enforcement. They don't want to tell. They, they don't. They don't want to do anything except, you know, get the check from the NCAA basketball tournament rights that Turner and CBS sends them. Uh, but we got where we got because the universities of Georgia and Oklahoma filed a lawsuit to get uh, control of their broadcast rights to college football in 1984, and we've evolved, and and it has slowly improved. But we've we've seen now that uh, the, the the rich get richer and the have-nots get in worse shape. And I'm I'm sick and tired of hearing these condescending comments from people that believe that just because they have a certain name on the front of their jersey, they deserve to be in, and the other team doesn't. That's wrong. There it is. The music's playing, Timmy B. You know what that means? There it is. <laughs> Yeah, well, it means I've either got a girlfriend upstairs or a bowel movement coming up. Oh, and maybe all of the above. There you go. But uh, we'll let you. We'll we'll we we'll let you keep that to yourself, my man. Okay, TC. All the best. All the best. We'll be watching you. He's on Fox this weekend. Oklahoma State, TCU. Hopefully not with those ridiculous uniforms again. Tim, I've got to have you back on next week because we got to talk some college hoop. The Coach K farewell tour as well. Okay. We'll do it. Okay, bud. Take care, brother. Appreciate you. There he is, Tim Brando, the legendary voice. Ah, Been doing a long, long time. Does a fantastic job uh, on the college football side as well as the college hoop and everything. All right, next hour, Big Bill Cartwright. We've got NFL to talk about and a whole lot more on this Wednesday edition of the T.C. Martin Show.